fucking do it. We could we could do it. Yeah, um, I've got to pick up. Some Why are we doing Alex Jones update on on uh, the non show? You know, you got to yeah. got to get into Norm Pattis and the real life. That's true. But just just before we do. I'd let you know, for the AFL Grand Final, I picked up a 16-pack of craft beer. Did you want to take a guess? I suppose we could talk about this on the show. Sure. But you're going you're gonna to drink it? You're drinking some of it? I'm, I'm drinking some of it right mm-hmm. now, but I thought I'd better have something good Grand okay. Final Day. It's a popular beer in America. What you got? Stone. Nope. More popular than Stone. Sierra Nevada. More popular than Sierra Nevada. Sam Adams. More popular than Sam Adams, I think, still. Popular than Sam Adams. Yingling? We voted on it the other day. Voodoo Ranger. Oh, Voodoo Ranger? Yeah. Yeah. Voodoo Ranger. It's not more popular than Sam Adams. It's maybe rated better, but it's not more popular. Well, it should be. (laughs) Yeah. Probably tastes better. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. Not sure whether my microphone picked that up, but just as that intro was playing, there was a massive tractor that just came past. Just (laughs) absolutely. Oh, it's the worst. It's a main road, but there is so much farming traffic on that road. I I don't realize Boy. what a rural place I live in until I actually go out for a walk and see the amount of tractors around the place. It's just crazy. Yeah, they were they would come cruising down Weber Road in Romeoville too. So and it didn't feel like we lived in too rural place. We had you know Taco Bell and crap. So uh, yeah, it's the Beer Engine Podcast. That's right. It's Tony out in the uh, the the deep uh, Australian uh, farmland. Territory, uh, Griff, here in the place where nothing grows, uh, fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, Tony, it's uh, it's another week uh, of of, spe- of occasional beer content. Uh, what's been going on in your in your world this week? Huh? What you guys are up to over there? Well, did you know I'm recording on a public holiday today? Oh shit! Is this the is this something for the Queen or not? Yes, oh, you blow my shit up. It's the Queen's yeah. death day. Okay, it's not no, officially no, it's called that. No, it's not called that, but we used to have the Queen's birthday weekend. It was neither on her, her coronation or on her actual birthday. So I've got no idea why they picked that date. <laughs> and today, so I'm, I'm calling this the Queen's death day because it's neither her death or a date of significance, except that they've designated it a day of mourning for the nation, but nobody gives a fuck. It's just a, another day off. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, they had the bank holiday there in the, in the, U, in the UK on Mon- Monday, right? Well, I don't know. That was, their, that that was their holiday. I, I think, I think they did it with their, with the funeral, I presume. I oh, think yeah. they probably just had the day off for the funeral or whatever. Now but I did, you guys, uh, did they close the banks today or is it just the, oh, yeah. Yeah, every, uh, so the every, banks are closed in Australia. Stuff's closed. Yeah. So it's mainly um, like corporate businesses that are shut down. You'll see cafes and some retail open, uh, supermarkets are open, um, places like that. Food stores are open for the most part. But yeah, anything sort of corporate business related probably won't be going today. 
um, because you have to pay penalty rates and, and things like that. But people will want to be out getting coffee on a on a beautiful day, at least in yeah. this part of the country. So imagine yeah. most and nearly the whole country likely doesn't care beyond even if people do care, they don't care beyond like, oh, that's sad, you know. Yeah, yep. really not. <laughs> yeah, so so you watched the funeral. I I did not wake up at three a.m. to lay lay eyes on that. I I I said to myself, even as somebody who doesn't care about this, um, I was sort of like, well, how often is this going to happen in my lifetime? I mean, probably not. And then I then I immediately remembered that who the king is right now. I'm like, well, at least another time, more than likely. Yeah, but uh, it's it's not that frequent of an occurrence anyways. So I was like, maybe I should set eyes on it. And then I saw what time it was. Now I said, Oh, actually I, I should not. Yeah. Yeah. Do it, that. I can just watch a recording or something. Yeah. Ours was eight o'clock at night. So prime time. It just made sense. Perfect. To watch it. Now I will say not particularly exciting. One Royal event is basically no. the same as all Royal events. They're basically just like, a church service with a like really like name dropping crowd, lots of inbreeding, um, lots of people that you don't know that sure. they put a title under and you're meant to know who they are. Um, so yeah, I watched oh, it. it. Yeah, went, there it is the prin- the princess of uh Sussex or something, and you're oh, like, oh, I don't know who that is, uh, and then you're like, no, oh, it's that lady from that show, yeah, but it's it's more the 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 Count or the Viscount of wherever, <laughs> yeah. of some, like, we don't know these people. They've got no impact on our lives. But It's I, the Viscount of Aberdeen uh, <laughs> or whatever, yeah. But I will sure. say the big thing that really stood out is it's such a throwback to a time before a modern world where the funeral was a show of power and... You've got all this this pomp and, and circumstance around um, these people pulling this cart all this distance, and it's just bizarre when you actually sit down and think, why are you doing this? Like, I understand some ceremony, but the way the men and women pulling the cart marched in and out, and they, they crab-walked in and out, just bizarre. But because it's tradition, that's what they do, and it's just... In a foreign world, it makes no sense whatsoever. But you look back maybe 70 years and that might have made sense when the Queen's father was laid in the ground. That shit made sense. It it was of an era people could remember back to another 50 years. But in today's world, like the British aren't a powerful no, would, royal nation. Well, sure, but I would say that uh, most countries view themselves as powerful in some way over something. Um, so yeah. I think there's probably the same approach, right? And that's maybe why the people there take it so seriously, because it's supposed to be like a show of strength, military strength in some fashion that ever, all these people turn out to this thing. Um, does it matter? I don't know. It, it, it feels strange. I would say even, even then it was a little bit strange. Maybe not. We didn't know it yet, but in a post in the post-war era, I would say that's when that became sort of maybe dated feeling or a, yep. uh, something lost in that uh, since the since the Second World War, um, or not. I don't know. That just feels maybe that's arbitrary, but it just seems like 
that's the that's the advent and rise of like right neoliberalism and everything else that has sort of dominated the rest of our world right which is uh uh the politics we live under now uh generally across the world in most places so i think it's it is sort of strange to have like a monarchical uh shit going on that's very um i, I mean i guess the nationalist part sort of checks out so i don't know the Maybe it is normal part, i don't know the nationalist part checks out for me but the idea that this is a show of strength with how modern wars are fought makes no sense at all because yeah that's true it it it, it yeah it, the beef eaters yeah they they that looks phenomenal look, look out for those guys guarding the coffin but it's a ceremonial job. A beef eater has no military training. They're ceremonial guards. Um, yeah. The real some of them, guards some of them like raise, arms and um, like some the of them raise birds and shit. Well, they're part of the Queen's Guard. Their uniform is similar, other than they have a sash, and the beef eaters have a crown. They look identical. But what That's you're sure. talking about are tower guards. They're not so manual because oh, yeah. they look after crows. Big difference. <laughs> that kicks ass, so that's a job at least. And crows are cool. You ever see those things? Can like I think I said this before, but those those crows and ravens and shit can like count money and shit. <laughs> they're fucking wild, dude. Don't fuck with those things. They're gonna outsmart you. Yeah, I don't know. Give me a give me a bird that's vicious. Don't fuck with Australian magpies. That would be my um, my call to everybody. Oh, yeah. They are the friendliest birds for eleven or ten and a half months out of the year, and come breeding season, those things become vicious, and they will swoop the fuck owls, out of you. Owls. I wouldn't fuck with owls either. In general, I ain't, I ain't getting into a situation with an owl. No, pass. You know who I would fuck. With? Okay, so you like? Yeah, what you got? I would fuck I got, with Alex Jones because like that guy's a cunt. Yeah, somebody somebody else decided to fuck with him too, which is a crazy thing to think about, but uh, sort of a sort of a bizarre thought. So, what's going on with Alex Jones this week? Speaking of sort of, um, well, I guess he isn't bird like. If he were bird like, what what bird would would our Alex Jones be? Trying to smooth out this segue. Now, just based on his head shape, this is not. Well, it is calling out his character as well. I would say he's most like a chicken. Not a rooster, a chicken. <clears throat> you look at that yeah. that head shape and that body shape. That is chicken like. You look at his um, the way he he goes up to people. He just sort of pecks at them. Doesn't do any real damage. Um, and he's not an alpha male. So I would say a chicken is perfect for Alex. He sort of he sort of looks like an ostrich if it was only the body part. The head part didn't exist. Well, that's true. <laughs> he's sort of the middle part of an ostrich. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Tony. Give us the update this week. Okay, what's going on in Alex Jones's uh, trial uh, slash um, court proceedings slash uh, national uh, uh, sideshow? National sideshow is fair. Uh, the lawyers on both sides actually have been threatened with contempt from the judge, but Alex's Excellent. lawyer is an absolute shithead. Norm Pattis, look him up, people. You need to see an image of this individual. He's a shithead of the highest order. Now, the exciting yes. part we've, we've got coming up tomorrow or today, by the time mm. this is released, Alex, Emmerich Jones, 
not sure whether his middle name's Emmerich now that I made that up because I saw it was Alex P in his messages, so it might be Alex Peter or something. But I'm going to go with Emmerich because that just rolls off the tongue. He's going to be testifying. <laughs> he has been subpoenaed by the plaintiffs. So um, it'll be great yeah. to see him um, try and um, testify in court because this judge has already warned Alex about pulling any shenanigans. She's going to instruct him before they actually take bring the jury in on what he can and can't say. And she oh, also just... joked today that she um, hopes she catches COVID overnight so she doesn't have to come to court tomorrow because she doesn't want to deal with Alex <laughs> in a sidebar. That and also that her neck was getting sore from the amount of sidebars they are having. Um, I, this is the day that you want to take note of because the other days are just sad. You are getting people that have had loved ones killed, whether they yeah, be the, children. The kid blown away. Yeah, yeah or, or the, um, the daughters of the teachers that were killed or the sisters, and you, you get a really um, graphic picture of what they've gone through and then you get their, their shithead light lawyer trying to inject politics into the cross-examination, trying to get Michael Bloomberg, Hillary Clinton, Megyn Kelly and Donald Trump added into the case and the judge continuing to trying to throw that out. So while you get this harrowing testimony from the plaintiffs, you get the shithead lawyer just trying to get Trump and Clinton's name into the case so we can crowbar it in and make it a, a red pill like MAGA argument and it's not working. Yeah, uh, it is interesting to think about somebody having to get their just desserts, and I, 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 I'm holding my breath as because it never happens. You know what I mean? Like, uh, pretty much, we really have been through the last. I don't know. I guess even I, I don't want to just say you know 15 or so years of these people being insane freaks, uh, and really nobody's had to eat shit for it in any meaningful right you could say like these little freaks like paul manafort had to go to jail for a while but it didn't really that wasn't really anything you know no um there's yeah so it would be interesting if if this guy really they really hit him and made him cough up you know 80 100 200 million bucks or something like that you know i hope that happens all i hope is that these families get some money I don't even, at this point, I don't care if he's ruined. It would be great if he's ruined, but we've seen so many white white guys get away with bullshit. I'm, I'm not holding my breath on that. But I hope they get some serious, serious damages off him. Not to put a hurt on him. That's a nice side bonus. But, hey, at least give them some cash. That's the very least they deserve. They deserve some yeah, of his brain force plus money and some of his super male vitality money that he's made off this <laughs> bullshit. So... Yeah, I'm like you. I'm, I'm cynical that anybody will be held to account because he's a, a white privileged individual and he'll say he's an underdog, but he is the definition of white and privileged. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I don't hold much faith that, that, that he'll be um, put off air, but, hey, maybe these families get a bit of money and maybe he hurts financially for some time. And that'd be great. Yeah, maybe something happens, right? Could something could something good happen? You know, I tell you Just what, something I... to to noodle on for a while. You know, is a chance that something good might happen. It's I... crazy to think about. I tell you what, it does do. It stops Joe Rogan putting Alex Jones on his podcast for at least another month, 
and that's a win for everybody. It may only be a month, but a month is better than nothing. Yeah, I am. Um, yeah, that would, I mean, listen, and there's, I mean, whatever. Joe Rogan hasn't done anything illegal, but it would be funny for him to have to eat some shit one, someday. But I don't know what that would be. It's kind of funny. Uh, it was funny for one week seeing Aaron Rodgers suck major ass. Then they uh, beat the living shit out of the Bears. Anyways, so did not get too much joy out of that, although I didn't watch it, so it didn't matter. Now, um, Tony, you know who's – now, what's up? Yes. Well, I was just wondering where your rank for the – where your love for the Bears actually ranks in sports team. Are they third on your list or are they second on your list? Because obviously you're a Bulls guy, but are you a Blackhawks guy next or uh, a Cubs guy? Bulls. Socks? I would say it's Tottenham and the Bulls. Okay. Tottenham. 1A and 1B. Uh, the Golden Knights after that. Uh and then it's a steep decline to the Cubs because yep. I, I I sort of was a fair weather fan. I, I watched them pretty much every most games, uh, not most games, but a decent amount of games for a solid uh, 30 years. And then they won the World Series and I was like, damn, these guys are owned by the Ricketts and everything. So I'm just good now. I got what I wanted out of this. I don't need to give these freaks too much more of my time and money. So I'm just going to end my quest here pretty much. Um, and then I guess after that, well, no, cause then I'd still say like the red stars, the, the women's red soccer. Stars? I, why I, I follow that much closer than the bears. Um, I don't think I follow the aces closer, but I should, they're really good. But, um, and maybe then I'd say the bears. Wow. I haven't oh, watched a bears game. Like, Finished start to finish in five, six years, maybe. Um, I just don't watch. I don't watch a lot of NFL. I'll, like, if Brian's watching it and I get a bet, I'll get a bet down or a parlay down. Sure, that's fine. I'm not going to fight that. Um, but I just don't care. I just burned out of like. You either have to be like 100 percent into that sport, or or you have to be. I think you just leave it. I don't think there is like a like a middle ground. You know, I think I think you, you can't really just sort of casually enjoy football. You have to be living and dying with everything that happens in it for it to even be interesting to you. I don't know. Because it's so boring. It takes forever. Yeah, it does. And do you think a reason for that also is the, that the careers are show, so short, even in the pros? Because when you're talking anybody other than a quarterback, you're probably not going to be in the league for more than four or five years. Yeah, that's part of it for sure. I, I mean, I think there's a lot of problems with football like that. Like um, the players, you know, many of the players that aren't very wealthy are probably suffering abuse and personal damage for many years. Um, so all that stuff that you we have to weigh as well. But I think even on its surface, you know, baseball is is a little bit of a slow game for sure. But it benefits from having this sort of pastoral history around it that I think, you know, a day at the ballpark, you can be pretty casual. You can have a casual relationship with baseball. You can just sort of enjoy it yep, and being there and all that stuff. But football, there is no sport that you have to be engaged in so tightly where so little happens for such a long time. Um, even so, so people say that about soccer, like, well, nothing happens in soccer. I'm like, what are you talking about? It, it's only happening. The game is happening. Yep. And the game lasts with halftime is an hour and 45 minutes. 
This, there is a play, it lasts, what's a, a long play takes five seconds. Like a touchdown, a long touchdown pass will take five seconds. Yeah. Maybe eight seconds, you know. Uh, the normal football play lasts like, what, three, two or three seconds? Yes. Run yep. up the middle, you know, tackled three, four yards, you yep. know. Up oh, a snap, slot, throw, five-yard gain. That shit happens so fast, and then it's three minutes before the next play happens. <laughs> well, it's not. So it just it just takes minutes, forever but... to do it. Yeah. Okay, it's at least forty-five seconds, right? Yeah. yeah. It's at least forty-five yeah. seconds because you know, unless they're in a hurry-up offense or something, they're typically taking most of the play clock. Yeah, and you've got to spot the ball. And then you hit before. fourth down, and the ball turns over, and that is three minutes. There's commercials. There's all kinds of shit. And then, you know, they start over. So it just, it's a sport built for TV. And uh, it's a sport that you really have to be locked in on because you have to be sitting there filling the time in between the plays with like, oh, you know what, guys, I think they should do this next play or um, getting mad about what happened or something. You have to, you have to really fill that. Anyways, this is a way long tirade about it, but football just doesn't. Eventually I just got sick of it because I, I cared a lot about it, and I watched every game very closely, and then I just fried on it. I didn't care anymore. I, I can get that. You you get burnout from a lot of sports. But, yeah, it is a hard sport to be a casual fan of. I, I agree because I back 10 years ago I used to follow it, and every morning I would get up, every, every uh, Monday morning I would get up and watch Sunday games because of the time difference. Yeah. Um, late games, and, right. and even on a Tuesday I would watch Monday Night Football, but now I wouldn't know a quarterback in the league and forget I, I mean, any I, other player. I saw that Mitch, Mitch Trubisky was playing for Pittsburgh, and I was like, what? The, <laughs> the guy who the Bears drafted five years ago or six years ago. Crazy to think about. Um, yeah, I, I do miss – I will say I miss some of the like um, – just sitting around and eating buffalo wings all day and watching games, but I can just eat the buffalo wings. I don't. Yeah, what you do can I still sit around. Like, why do you need yeah. something on the screen that you're I not interested it. in? It's actually nice because I sit at Silver Stamp on Sundays now. It's pretty dead because they don't have TVs. Um, Perfect. And I can just chill out and drink lager, and me and me and uh, some pals can share sour beers. It ain't bad. Not a bad hang. Football Sunday, great place to go. To places without TVs because there's nobody in there. Pretty cool. Now, we do, of course, have the AFL Grand Final coming up in two days' time. That's right. Would you like to take a look at the odds at some point? Did you want to take a look at the odds right now and see if we can? Let me see what odds I'm getting. Let me see if William Hill will let me pull it up. Of course they will. And the bad odds. I'll let you bet on everything. No, I don't know if they'll let me do it on my phone, but we'll find out. Okay. I have 75 cents in my account right now. Yeah. Uh, um, Australian Rules Football. Get the Sydney Swans are plus 170 over the Geelong Cats. Uh, so that's a um, – they are 12.5-point favorites. Uh, or, sorry, underdogs. Uh, yep. My bad. I'm an idiot. The Geelong yeah. is flavored over Sydney. Um by 12 and a half points, the total is 164 and a half. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Is that what you got on this? Uh, so what we, do you have Sydney as a dollar, a dollar 70 as it were? 
I no, I have um, Sydney as a two dollar sixty five underdog, and Geelong as a dollar forty nine favourite. You have Geelong as the favourite. Yes, I have Sydney as the as the underdog. Yeah, Sydney are the underdog. Geelong are the favourite. Okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry. You're right. Okay, Geelong are the favourite. Plus two sixty five. You said right. I said a dollar. Uh, what is what is a dollar? So for every dollar that you put on, you get a dollar forty nine back. USD to Australia is. Two fifty-eight. Okay, so we're about the same. If you do it for the conversion, you're okay. about, we're about the same. Yeah, and the line um, is minus, minus or plus twelve and a half, depending on how you want to phrase it. I'm not getting. I'm not getting any bonus dollars from William Hill. I think these William Hill fellows are all over the world, so I think they've yep. got the pulse on this. Um, and the over under number is one sixty-four and a half. You're getting. Yeah, that's what we have to. Okay. The same. Yeah, that yeah. that'd be very similar. But the amount of markets we've got in this game is crazy. It's it's Super Bowl esque with the amount of lines and stuff. I have got three. Down. I have three props on mine. <laughs> I have first first half money line, first half points, and first half total. Okay, I've got first scoring play, first scoring play, second quarter, first scoring play, mm-hmm. third yeah, quarter. That's that's that's, that's Super Bowl, yeah. Geelong do you think, um, so who do you like? Has Geelong been dominating this season? Are they are they worthy twelve and a half point favorites? Yeah, I, I think that's a fair line. I wouldn't take an over under bet in any AFL game, let alone a grand final. You never know whether they're going to be be scoring sixteen goals in a game, or sure. and then the other team puts up two, and then you're still under one one sixty four and a half. It's the the lines are so hard to predict in in regards to points and point spread. I I, I really like the head to head line as a fair representation of of the favoritism. But I actually think Sydney can pull an upset. I if I was going to take Sydney, I wouldn't take them at the line. I would take them for value head to head. If they get you within two two goals, which is twelve and a half points, is two goals. Um. I, I think they can roll, roll Geelong, and, and Geelong have been known to get rattled under those circumstances. So, yeah. So you like you like Sydney on the money line, plus I, 170. I do, for value. I, I wouldn't say I, – I just think they're not, they're not that far away from Geelong, and I think in a head-to-head right. race, I think that, that's more than a fair, fair line. To be honest, is this a good? Is this a good final? Are you happy with this final? Not is this really. a good matchup? No, no I, I don't. Who like did it. you want? Who did you want? Your team the, didn't even get into the playoffs, right? No, my team didn't get in. We we, we were just out. We were in tenth, the top eight, make the playoffs. Uh, any of the bottom four in the playoffs, would I would have preferred. But out of the ones that made the prelim final, which was the games played last week. Melbourne would have been my tip. They won it last year. Um, I just prefer yeah. them more than these other teams because you're meant to hate Collingwood because they suck balls. As a St Kilda supporter, I hate Geelong because they beat us in um, basically our Super Bowl um, a couple of times. So, um, yeah, I hate them for that reason. And Sydney are, are like this darling of the league who I'm, I'm like over their darling status. I get it. Sydney's not a not a um, town that's really popular for AFL, but they've been in the sport for 36 years. Um, get yeah, it's been it. a while. It feels like, yeah, right, yeah. 
That's that's a fair point. Who's your halftime? Who's halftime this year at the grand um, final? I don't know who halftime entertainment. Well, it's actually pregame. I'll, I'll look it up. AFL Entertainment. Pre-game, whoever you're, who's the big act for this this one? Yeah, um, um, Fox Sports. It might be Robbie Williams. It is Robbie Williams. There you go. Mm, all right. You heard of him? There you go. No, that's a new one for me, Rob. Is he Aussie really? English? <laughs> You've never heard of Robbie Williams? Wow, I'm shocked. This is maybe. I some- mean, I, uh, I don't know. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Okay, so this guy, he performed at the World Cup yes. opening ceremony. Oh, he was in Take That. Yes. Oh, okay. And I think he now right. has, has sold more music than anybody else in history. So. Sold more music than anyone else in history? I, 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 I'm sure I heard that for singles or something the other day. Who knows? That's crazy. Yeah. He is a huge individual. Um, he was. Uh, they don't tell me what football team he follows. Uh, God damn it! Here we go. Oh, well. oh no, that's Los Angeles Vale Football Club. You don't want to know about them. I don't know what that is. Neither do I. I'm just in his. Uh, he founded a LA-based football club, soccer club. There you go. Los Angeles. Yep. Wow. All right. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, that's exciting, Tony. What time's that on for you? That'll be uh, uh, some some awful time yeah. in, the, in the morning for me. No, it AFL. won't be too bad. It'll be about 3 and o'clock. Final. So so currently it's, it's, uh, it's 1 o'clock my time, so another two hours from now. Okay. So about 10 o'clock on Friday night, I guess. Yep. Um Hey, that's a weekend for me. I can also, maybe I'll maybe I'll try to root it out on whatever TV it's on. At the Melbourne Cricket Ground, is it at a new place every year? No, um, it it wasn't at the MCG uh, for the past couple of years due to the pandemic and Victoria's stricter lockdown oh. than other states. But for ninety five percent of grand finals, it is played at the MCG. The MCG. Gotcha. Is Australia's largest stadium capacity-wise, and it is the most um, one of like a handful of stadiums around the world that you would call iconic. So um, it's um, it'll be packed to the gills too. It'll yeah. be full to the brim. Yep, and a lot of people will miss out because it's um, it uh, they're. There are so many club members that think they have rights to tickets, but they don't. So some clubs have 80,000 members, so not everybody will get a sure. chance to get a ticket, even though no. the venue seats 100,000. So, yeah, it'll be packed to the gills. US time, West Coast time, which I believe is, is your time, is 9.30 p.m. Perfect. All right, maybe I can flip that on. Yep. I'm uh, moseying about. All right, Tony, let's move on to something else. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, uh, we got some pizza news. You know, I got to give out that pizza news. Um, we got this from discord from our friend, Corey, happy Joe's pizza has closed Tony. Uh, now let me tell you about happy Joe's happy Joe's pizza. I don't know what it is. So I don't know how (laughs) Corey found this or why. Um, so it's, a uh, it's a, 
It doesn't really say. Okay, known for its signature thin crust taco pizza, Happy Joe's boasted 42 locations across Iowa, Wisconsin, North Dakota, Illinois, Missouri, and Minnesota at the end of 2021. Well, clearly they've been taken out by the... Sorry, clearly they've been yeah. taken out by the um, the pizza taco craze that the um, the chains are now um, pushing, and they've been pushed out of the market. The small guys, <laughs> R.I.P. Taco Pizza. See, are you looking at this? This taco pizza on their but on this page, it's like, I wouldn't eat this. I just want that record. It looks it's got Doritos on it or something. I kind of want it. Um, I, I don't, I, I honestly, I, I may, I, who knows if I had a Happy Joe's by me, but I do not know what it is, but they're closing locations and um, you're not going to be able to get any more of this kind of not too good looking uh, Chuck E. Cheese-ish looking pizza, although the, the, like I said, the taco one, maybe a little more shredded lettuce on there than I would like, but I'm half interested in that, so. Rip in peace to these guys at Happy Joe's. Um, oh my God! And the final outpost of Howard Johnson's closed too. God, this is a, this is a sad year, guys. Now, what is Howard um, Johnson's for those? Howard of us? Johnson's like a like a family restaurant, I think. Right? It was um, <laughs> like a like a uh, Baker's Square type place, right? I'm, I'm getting no closer to what it is. Uh, I don't know what Baker Square like is. A, or maybe like a, like a Denny's, maybe. Aren't they a hotel Something company? like that. There is Howard Johnson's Hotels. I'm actually not sure. Oh, those are related in some way. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't, you know what? I never went to one. It was on the East Coast. I knew there were many of them. It was the largest restaurant chain in the United States with a thousand locations. Um, and it looks like they had a big ass like club sandwich here, but I really never, I never went to one. So All right, uh, stuff, stuff, look, look at that stuff. I didn't do is going away. So sad. Um, once Hey, give me a shout. Once Chili's closes or something, yeah, that'll, then I'll, <laughs> then I'll react. Um, all right, let's take a look at this. So Tony, one more pizza update. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we've been talking about the uh, we have been talking about the Casey's uh, General Store beer cheese breakfast pizza. You know, we're waiting on uh, once we get uh, Grammar Purist review, we can give you a real review. But in yep. the meantime, I thought I'd take a look at this review we got from the Takeout, uh, which is sort of an extension of the Onion, I believe, in some way. Um. But this is real. This is real stuff. So this is Casey's new beer cheese breakfast pizza is glorious. Midwestern excess by Brianna Wellen. There's a picture of it here. It looks kind of looks like the pizza. You can see there's some egg in there, some little ham, charred up ham bits. Uh, they get some green peppers in there, lots of cheese. And uh, she says, um, a gas station might not be the first place you think to go for top tier pizza. But time and time again, we've seen that the slices from the local pump are in high demand. Casey's General Stores have really cornered the market. It's the fifth largest pizza chain in the U.S. One of the unique specialties is breakfast pizza. So let's see what we got here on the actual review of this thing. Okay, so they've got... uh, Okay, there are two main factors that make this breakfast pizza taste the most breakfasty. 
First is the addition of scrambled eggs. Next is the crust, which is light and fluffy enough to almost resemble a giant English muffin. Bullshit. This combination makes for the perfect meal to start the day. Substantive without being so heavy to make you sluggish. This breakfast pizza is another story, though. So the beer cheese sauce is heavy all on its own, rich and flavorful with a bitter edge that reminds you, yes, there is beer in this. Then there are the three meats, the most flavorful of which is the smoky ham. Giant cubes of the stuff dominate each slice to the point I could barely tell there was also sausage and bacon scattered beneath. Onions and green peppers provide much-needed crunch and otherwise feel like an afterthought. Taken together, it feels like, or it tastes like Midwestern indulgence at its best. However, after two bites, I was ready for a nap. So, Can I call bullshit uh, on this review? Okay, what's your problem? My problem is, well, maybe I'm calling bullshit on this pizza. This is just a doled-up Aussie. We in Australia have been doing this for years. This, The pictures of this look just like an Aussie okay. pizza. Okay, we don't do the three meats. It's just ham. We don't do the green peppers. But the onion, cheese... And, There's eggs on it? And specifically a an egg, whether it's a cracked over egg, whether it's a scrambled egg, that's what we do. And I like... Some things about this pizza I call bullshit on the English muffin crust. It just looks like a nice puffy crust or a I think fine it's intended crust. To be a, I think it's intended to be a biscuit crust, oddly enough. Well, it doesn't look like that. just looks like a, not a thin crust, just a nice, like, non-stodgy crust. Um, but you're not done within two bites. That's bullshit. This is a pizza that you have two or three slices of. And it's fine. It's not overindulgent. Um, the only thing I would say is it needs more. This is, what, this is just what you're you're just eating this for every day. This is a regular Australian pizza. This is an Aussie. This is what you get when you order an Aussie. We don't like the gimmick. Is it a beer cheese on it? It's not beer cheese, but like, really, does beer cheese is beer cheese that heavy? Maybe I'm wrong, but to me, beer cheese is not going to make or break um, the heaviness of a pizza. They did give it a B minus. I, th- I think a solid B is fine, but I think the nit pits are bullshit. More onion is what you need, and you need the onion on top. See how the ham on that pizza is charred? That's what you mm-hmm. want with your onion. That's what makes a oh. delicious Aussie pizza, where you get like those Boy. burnt charred edges on the onion against the, the traditional sweetness of the onion, and then you get the egg over the top. Oh, so good. You, you, you and me in the same boat. We just need lots of onion on our food. Right, that's what I want. Yep. And that's what I'm looking for. Tell me one more onion item I want to bring to your attention. Is it blooming? Uh, now, this is the White Castle new craveable snacks that they brought to grocery stores. White Castle Cheeseburger Castle Bites. Tony, did you catch your, you catch eye on these here? I'm I'm just looking them up right now. They kind of look like a breakfast cereal. Um, oddly enough, no. This is a it's a pizza roll. Oh. This is a pizza roll. Here, let me send you. I'll put you. I'll put I'm, the link I'm up just trying to look it up. I'm only getting small bits of the. Um, there we go. Oh, it is a pizza roll. Um, those things. I've got to say, I'm a sucker for. Frozen food that you just throw in the micro, not microwave, throw in the oven or air fryer. Um, and if it has the hallmarks yeah. of White Castle, I think this could be really good. 
Um, yeah, I want these. I want to. I want to try these real bad. Now, um, the, the issue that I like have is I would probably go with rolls, the cheeseburger, but I, but I want them rather than the straight hamburger. I think you need a little bit of like gloopiness, especially in a frozen product, to stop them from being dry and crumbly. And the other I actually issue, tend to agree with you in this case specifically that you need the uh, cheeseburger. Wow. Ideas, I think. And I just worry about the casing, how, how good that's going to be. But White Castle are known for their roles, so fingers crossed there. What I'm trying to what is the one what is in the hamburger one? It's just onions. So it's just the onion is what glues it together. That's I, interesting. I would guess so. I'm actually just fascinated as to what makes them exist. It feels like you need cheese to I mean, I'm, I guess I'm used to eating pizza rolls, right? So I just, I, I think I'm still dipping these in the mustard also. I just want that to be clear. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm getting some spicy, I'm getting some spicy mustard and swabbing these bad boys right in there. Of course you that. That's the big one. That's the way to go. All right. Maybe I can get my hands on these. Yeah. That'll I think be I it. did mention that I am getting the strawberry biscuit ale. So we will have an actual live tasting on the show in the relative near future. Uh, when we drink the strawberry biscuit ale, um, I think I think I'll probably get that in the next week or two, probably. Nice. From Tavor, I got a nice I got a nice Tavor box coming to me. Tell nice. me it's gonna be fucking good. A lot of good shit in there, uh, and this. So that's fine, uh, Tony. I think that's enough bullshit for now. Why don't we move on to the Discord? Yeah, let's move on to more bullshit. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, what kind of bullshit is out there this week, huh, gang? All right. Tony, uh, Grammar Purist, <laughs> gives us this little tasty nugget here. Uh, wrecked Semi, boy, the wording on this is really interesting. Wrecked Semi shoots load, uh, <laughs> shoots load, oh, of dildos, shoots load of dildos and lube. All over I-40. So this wreck semi shot its load all over I-40. Uh, if your commute along I-40 was a bit slippery yesterday, this explains why. Yesterday morning, a rollover crash involving a semi-tractor and a box truck occurred on I-40 on the fringes of the Oklahoma City Metro. I think I drove over here. Um, and it's got dildos and uh, lube all over it. <laughs> Sounds like a they managed not to say at the end the truck the trucker was uh, killed or anything. I don't, I don't actually know what happened to the fellow driving the, the load of dildos. Um, I just the, the I didn't realize I didn't calculate that it said shoots load <laughs> on here. That's very funny. Um. Uh, so uh, thank you, Grammar Purist, for that little bit. Uh, this is a good question. Maybe this goes in the mail keg, but. Tony, would you rather come across? We'll we'll just go back to it later. Uh, uh, would you, Would you rather come across a truck that dumped dildos all over the road, or a truck that dumped Bud Light all over the road? Tony, I uh, I feel like I know the answer to this, but uh, oh, really? Well, like you don't want to drink Bud Light when it's given away free at a casino. Why would you want to deal with like Bud strewn all over the road, like this? The, these are yeah, not I used dildos. Fair. I don't know what I would. They have been on the road, though. But so is the Bud Light. So yeah, but I don't have to. Nobody's 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 vagina or ass has to have this the Bud Light in it. 
At least not the way I typically use Bud Light. Now, the, <laughs> the, the harder question is, would you prefer Bud Light or use dildos? <laughs> I think that's a closer uh, thing. I'm going with Bud Light. I'm, I'm going yeah, with I'm Bud going Light. Yeah, I'm going with Bud Light there too. Yeah, I don't, I don't need to be. Hey, I know that um, a podcast in relationship to this has talked about putting, you know, Various sex toys, you can just pop them right in the dishwasher washer there. But um, I don't think that's enough for me. I don't think there's enough sanitized setting that I can do with that thing. I don't think any, I don't want anyone to give me their used superhead honcho. I guess is what I'm saying, <laughs> or or a dildo. So I can see I can see a used dildo being an issue too. Like can't these pro- just use them as like single use products? Perhaps I think I think almost yeah. It's just landfill fodder, man. Let's yeah. just get rid of it. Don't put that shit in the dishwasher. Just get rid of it. That's we should terrible. make all this stuff out of recycled material. Oh, now there's put a it in the compost, baby. Pull pull it off and put that sucker right in the compost. Perfect. Here we go. Uh, biodegradable. Life grows eternal. Biodegradable yeah, toys. Biodegradable. Yeah, and you just leave your you just leave your nut in there. Hey, that's you know, biodegradable. Perfect. Theoretically, yes. What do you mean? As long as you're not like from as long as you're not from outer space or something, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not from outer space. I don't think most people are from outer space. That's true. Fair enough. All right, Tony. Moving on to beer chat. Uh, we have. Uh, actually, uh, this is always the best channel. Always a great channel. So here's here's an interesting few little bits here. I got I got some thoughts on everything in here actually. Um, so Nick Torque, he was drinking some. What is this? The Hofbrau. What do we yep. got here? Is this the Hofbrau Merzen? Yeah, Oktoberfest. Let's see, Hofbrau Oktoberfest beer. Yep, that's a good, good one. Melody. Um, Schlafly is expanding to Michigan and Ohio. So good news for my. Uh, Michigan and uh, Michiganders and Ohioans that they're bringing their at least their core line uh, to Michigan and Ohio. Out of those, good for Schlafly. I like Schlafly. Good beers. Out of those six beers shown in that photo with the Schlafly news, out of these what, six beers, what would be your favorite and what would be your least favorite out of those six? Uh, favorite is Dry Hopped APA. Uh, Least favorite is the Hefeweizen. I don't think their Hefeweizen is like estery enough to me. It's it's a little too light. So uh, the APA is fucking fire though. Really good. good classic, classic, very very hoppy American pale ale from the nineties. Really good. Um, uh, Grammar Purist answered our discussion from last week because he had asked us uh, what the uh, frat boy from Peoria would drink. Uh, they chose Stella as the beer for the novel. So hopefully we will be getting a nice. Check through the ko-fi.com slash beer engine podcast, Tony. And and if you want to give us a check, you can do it right there. Ko-fi.com slash beer engine podcast. We'll cash it. Uh, Corey posts there's something unsettling about 34 different breweries collaborating. So this is 34 breweries teaming up to release a collab here um, from Missouri. So 34 breweries getting together to do anything feels like instant sexual assault to me. There's an almost certain sexual assault 
But um, they are brew. I, I thought it was quite crazy to think about these brewers all making a stick alt. They're making stick alt, Tony, which is a very difficult. I mean, it's a. It's not a difficult. It might be a difficult. It's just a very hard. Um, I mean, those beers are not easy to make. They take time and conditioning and stuff. A stick alt beer does, you know. Yep. It's and uh, so I feel like at least five of these brewers are going to be like. Oh shit! We got to get this thing out the door. I don't have this much tank space, so they're just gonna—they're gonna quite yeast it up. They're gonna shove that that shit in there and try to turn it over in two weeks and then spit <laughs> it out the door, and it's gonna taste it's like dog shit. Well, that's what I was going to say. Working with this many breweries on a recipe, I think we had it during the pandemic, and I tried a couple of the worldwide. Um, I think it was a. Um, IPA mm. and the variance sure. between what was supposedly the same record was amazing. And I tried them from quality breweries. I can't seem to think that this would be consistent between 34 different brewers. Um, oh, God, no. No, no there's going to be good ones and there's going to be bad ones. Yeah. Yep. And how many of these 34 breweries um, would have had input into the recipe? or they've just glammed on because they want to be a part of this marketing as well? Because there can't be that many, like, chefs at the table deciding on, on grist bills no. and yeast schedules and stuff like that. And making a stick-alt beer too, yeah. I, I would say uh, not many. Um, but, I mean, I think, so there's, uh, it doesn't say all the 34 breweries. It says they came together at Mother's. Mother's is a good brewery in, in um uh, oh, great. If you've never heard of a stick alt beer, don't worry. A few of the brewers never had either. Oh, that's great. <laughs> um, 6% and 30 IBUs. That's about right. Um, should be relatively bitter. Urban Chestnut will make a good one. Side Project will make a good one. Blue Wood, I think, will too, but I don't know the rest of these ones in the St. Louis area, frankly, and they might be good or not. I, I don't know, but I know those three. You can count on them. I, I think Urban Chestnut will make a fucking kick-ass stick alt beer. So um, I think that's just fine. The guy, the guy is German and has a German brewer, owns a location in Germany. So I suspect he'll so have his hands around this one. If you're in the St. Louis area, that's the one to look out for. That's the one I would hit first if you want to drink this beer. And then Side Project's probably going to do a fine job too, I, I presume. They're not going to cut corners anyways. Uh, Matt. Max Allotment's out there drinking some English Porter from Gusto Brewing. Boy, oh, all good. right. Uh, baking chocolate, light roast, and a smooth, creamy body. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, I was out there drinking Afterthought Saisons over there at the Silver Stamp on Sunday. That was while football. People were going crazy over football, but not me. Uh, and then we have some news from the Anheuser-Busch Corporation, thank you, Corey. Uh, the lightest bud isn't light, it's zero. AB InBev-owned Budweiser is set to promote its booze-free beer at the World Cup in Qatar this November-December, aiming to reconcile its role as the official beer sponsor of a tournament being held in a majority Muslim country with strict alcohol laws. So we have some discussion on this from a news article coming in a little bit, okay. uh, which should be interesting. So I should uh, save my thoughts We'll, we'll cover on that. that there. On the World Cup being in Qatar or in, Qatar or in however Qatar. the uh, appropriate way to say that is, yeah, I've I've gotten yelled at for actually both 
pronunciations. So I, I do not know what to do anymore. Um, so yeah, that is, I mean, it is, he asks, this is just so duels. I'm like, well, yeah, it is. I mean, any, yeah. like Heineken zero, Bud, Bud zero, you know, it's all. Kelton draft zero. We've all got them. They're all shit. Then W2s was drinking a beer I was half interested in, the Rev Caramel Crisp. They made this with Garrett Popcorn. Tony, are you familiar with Garrett Popcorn in Chicago? Is this the one that do the um, buttery and, and caramel? They do the, the they do the Chicago mix. It's oh, actually so cheese good. and caramel. Cheese, that's actually, the one. It's cheese and caramel mix. Oh, it's so yeah, good. it's fucking good as hell. Fire. So they made some with their caramel corn. Uh, sounds like Mr. Tudes was a little disappointed. He wasn't getting much caramel or like sort of a little salty flavor that you might get. Uh, I tend to agree, but I would try it. Sounded like a, sort of a session barley wine type feel to it to me. So, you know, I'm getting my hands on that if I could do it. But um, Mr. Tudes actually sent me 34 pounds of beer from Chicago. <laughs> That'll be coming my way in the next week or so. So that's exciting. Uh, a lot of lot of rev read a lot of rev cans in there. Uh, in the kitchen, had some good recipes this week. Thank you, um, thank you to the gang over at Media. I, I was able to put a nice recipe here. Uh, this is from uh, Do Not Cook Your Chicken in Nyquil. Um, so Tony, this is a important update from the uh, FDA here in the U.S. Actually, seems to be from the CNN medical analysis, the FDA response to bizarre online trend. So people are getting out there and cooking their chicken and reducing down some NyQuil. And it's turning their chicken a kind of a good-looking green color. And did you see these pictures, Tony? This is not looking too good. People okay. trying this could end up hurting their lungs by inhaling the fumes, and uh, if they eat the chicken, they'll be getting a concentrated version of over-the-counter medicine. Uh, <laughs> I would not recommend this, i got to say. I was actually back further in, in the, um, the thread, but, yeah, that, that looks truly, um, truly like something a lot of rednecks will be trying. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> I love... How dumb, I was about to say Americans, but people are. This is not an American thing. How dumb people are. Yeah, this is wide-ranging. Wide yeah, that would actually attempt this. Whoever, like, attempts this, like, go fuck yourself. You don't deserve to live. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. not the person that invented this because they invented this to, to thin the earth population. But, yeah, like, how dumb are you? Now, it might get some teenagers to cook it, and their brains aren't fully formed, will, and that's not fair. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna hurt their lungs real bad, though. It's not going to be good. Um, uh, Nick Torque did post some stuff back here. You're right. Uh, he was eating some gravy-flavored chips from the Smiths. Smiths. Drinking a little polliner out of a nice uh, ceramic stein here. Gravy flavor mayonnaise is something. So we got a lot of, what's a gravy chip? Do you like a gravy chip, Tony? Does it have like that chicken flavor to it or is no, it just No, 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 no. This is where you, you're misunderstanding. In Australia, gravy for the most part is a beef-based gravy. So you're looking at, at like beef stock flavor, like a bouillon cube okay. flavored chip. And so you add right. that to Hellman's mayonnaise. That would be delicious too. But, yeah, love a Smith's chip there. 
one of the better crinkle cut chips in Australia. <laughs> they do weird flavours all the time. Um, their cheeseburger flavour is really good. Their meat pie flavour is really good. I, I'm get, guessing this is kind of a riff on their meat pie flavoured chip. But, yeah, beef bouillon potato chip. That's what you've got to think about. Delicious. All right. That sounds pretty good. Um, we've got uh, – this was something that came up, Panda Express. Tony, you're familiar with Panda Express. I am. Never they are never. testing their new recipe, orange chicken sandwich. Tony, you can see the picture of this here. Looks pretty bad. Now, this um, looks like a microwavable burger that you find at a supermarket and then later at a gas station. This does not look like it's available from a chain restaurant. This looks truly horrendous. Not awful. Horrendous. Yeah, it's made to, made to order with a brioche bun, sriracha aioli sauce, pickles, and a crispy chicken strip glazed in the brand's signature chicken sauce. Uh, they originally tested this last year, but it had a breaded white meat chicken breast topped with orange chicken sauce and a spicy aioli on top of a breaded cabbage, of breaded, sorry, of shredded cabbage and crinkle cut bread and butter pickles. Oh, crinkle cut bread and butter pickles, <laughs> all nestled between a king's Hawaiian roll. Uh huh. My crinkle cut bread. <laughs> yeah. the fuck is that? Uh, um, hard pass for me. Hard pass. Anyways, Will you be I'm checking out, it I'm out? Not, yeah, not, no, no. I could go. I could get it if I go over to the Sunset Station. They got one, but I'm just gonna skip it. That's a no thanks for me. I'm out. What about and then, uh, one he last thing on it? He seems... Yeah, paint a little panda barf. He loves panda barf. Mm-mm-mm. That's good. Um, Beyond Meat COO arrested for biting man's nose near Razorback Stadium. So the guy who runs Beyond Meat Ops was uh, chomping on human this week. So That's He's what... SEC football fans, man. They're crazy. <laughs> so... <laughs> So you reckon it's the demographic of the SEC football fan that's the issue here? I think it has more to do with that than it does with, with anything with the Beyond Meat guy. I think he's just probably some rich guy who's too into Razorbacks football. It could be, or it could be that Beyond Meat drives you crazy eventually. Oh, yeah. It just alters your brain in some way. Okay. Yeah, because it's been proven that, right. that if you buy a pillow, you will eventually suffer brain damage because you have to listen to Mike Lindell and that automatically makes you dumber. So That will make you dumber. Uh, one more. Uh, we actually have uh, one more mail keg question. Why don't we hit that mail keg sound officially? <laughs> what does adult book fair mean? So Corey posts this. This is from Perennial Brewery. Uh, Boozy Brews and Witches Book Fair. Join us for an adult book fair with beers, ice cream, sandwiches, and plenty of books to get you in the fall spirit. $10. Um, And you can get these kind of square ice cream sandwiches and some beers. Tony, what is an adult book fair? Do you think it's a a book fair of adult books for like like horny stuff? Or do you think it's like just grown-up books? Or what do you think? See, the ice cream sandwiches is the thing that's throwing me. Because are they using that as like a euphemism? It's like a jizz thing. But what I actually think, it's just a book fair with no 
But then it's witches. I was going to say no, no young adult novel, no young adult novels. But then, like, is, is this like old Playboys? Is that what they're talking about? I don't really know. <laughs> You're thinking it's like, yeah, it's a, it's where you walk into the arcade or whatever, and there's a bunch of like old porno mags. Yeah, well, because otherwise, why does it need to be adult books? Because if this is brews and witches, like, isn't that going to have a lot of young adult werewolf? Twilight bullshit in it. I'm 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 thoroughly confused. This looks like it's attracting a crowd of fourteen year olds, but saying you've got to be over twenty one. Well, it could be like Wiccan. Could, could be like Wiccan shit, you know, like all that. I, one time we went to Sunset Park, Tony. We were just Kelly and I just walking around, and there was like a gathering of fucking witches going on, like with brooms and junk. I didn't know what the fuck was happening there. <laughs> Pretty wild. Yeah, so what does adult book fair mean? Uh, we both agree that it is horny. So, yeah, I, I think uh, it's... Because if it's not horny, it's it's inexplicable if it's not horny. So I, but think, it's, I, think, I think it's a sex thing. Whether it's explicitly a sex thing or it's a swingers thing and people are coming there with the purpose of fucking each other, I think it's all it's all ha- happening. I think it's a, so it's a... Hey, hor- get your ass out there, buddy. I think it's horny for book people. So what I mean by that... It's the same way that you think it's like a furry fuck, fuck the librarian. Uh, no, no, I think it's in the same way that that furries get a bunch of people together that are kind of ostracised, <laughs> and they can all get together and some of them make it sexual. I think it's the same thing, but for book people, and we all know book reading and book reading people are weird, and so I think that's bringing them together in a safe sexual way. At the end of the day. <clears throat> Bring together the people who read books to all finally get laid. I can't read, so and which will be proven out in today's game that it spent that I spent hours writing nearly an essay over uh, to uh, write this game. It should be should borne out that I can't read or write. So yeah. All right, Tony. Why don't we? Uh, why don't, what, what do you got? We do before have we booze some out? potpourri, some Cora potpourri. No Cora potpourri. I almost. Forgot? How could I forget How such a great part of the world? Um, yeah. Uh, what do we got here? Come on, load up, bitch. Uh, we got. We've got Nick Talk. I'm trying to give my dead hamster a, a Viking funeral, but sadly, I don't have the proper resources. Would putting my dead hamster in a 1500 watt microwave have the same effect? I'm not an expert. This is the answer that's been blurred out from whoever answered it. I'm not an expert on Vikings, but I know a little about hamsters. And with that being said, if you put your deceased rodent in a microwave or toast him like a marshmallow, he won't care. <laughs> that is a great answer. It's true. Did you? Did we? We didn't talk about this pizza, did we? This pizza that looks like uh, gross. Would prosciutto be a popular pizza topping if it weren't so expensive? This is from Corey. Uh, in Italy, prosciutto is one of the most common and popular toppings for pizza. You can usually detect cheap and nice pizzeria by uh, the way they m- use prosciutto. If if the slice is added to the topping before baking the pizza, avoid that place. If it's added once the pizza is done, then it may be a nice place. So, 
this is an example. Here's a picture here. This is an example, which you can see if you join our Discord by sending us a note on our email or um, dropping us a line on Instagram. This is an example of pizza al prosciutto that would have been executed correctly, except that the prosciutto on the pizza is vile. So it does look like some nasty-ass fucking roast beef pussy folds on that thing. Yeah, just a little dry around the edge. Like, it's common pizza topping. Um, yeah. I don't really this know what it's got it. to do with it Cora, looks, though. looks gross. Just for it's nasty. Don't like it. Um, and uh, w, the Wall Street Journal, is the Wall Street Journal turning into the new Cora? Good question from Corey. Or no, he just says it is, so too late. Are no eyebrows the new eyebrows? So after a decade ruled by big brows, some celebrities and trendsetters are shaving and bleaching their caterpillars. The both is both the, the effect is both avant-garde and alien-like. I look like an egg. Um, so Tony, I did drum corps with a lady who did not who was born without eyebrows and did not pencil them in or anything. So I um, I'm familiar with this look. So she was ahead of the curve, I guess. Well, yeah, if you've got alopecia, that, that happens. And, like, why would you pencil them in? Because it looks like you've shaved them and then penciled them back in. If you're just rocking right. no eyebrows, that's fine. But, yeah, the no eyebrow thing is weird. We are used as a species for everybody to have eyebrows. But to go the no eyebrow trend, is it's it's weird. And I didn't like it what in the 90s. About? I don't like it now. What did they say about Stan Sitwell on Arrested Development? He was an alpaca. No, he's not an alpaca. He has alopecia. (laughs) All right, Tony. I think now we can move on to the beers. No, the lager of the week. How about that? I apologize. Griff's lager of the week. Griff's lager of the week. Ooh, Tony, it's a tough choice, uh, but I think I'm going to go with uh, just the way I was drinking it was quite enjo- enjoyable. It's from Einbecker, and it was the Einbecker Brown Brown Pills, uh, and it came in a night one of them nice big ceramic steins over at Silver Stamp, perfectly poured. Uh, the Brown Pills from Einbecker, very hoppy, very crisp, very yummy. Five out of five stars, delicious lager of the week. How about you, Tony? I would go with Blackman's. Um, They're calling it an IPL. I don't know why they keep using that moniker at Blackman's, but they they do. Um, They've got a beer um, called Juicy Banger, and it is a banger. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like that really hopped um, Pilsner, um, Pilsner Malt, um, Mosaic, Falconer's Flight, Amarillo, um, and it is delicious, 5.8% 40 IVUs. It's a banger. Yeah, that's killer. I also had an Iinger Oktoberfest uh, or Meritzen beer this week, so that was fucking solid too, so no complaints there. All right, Tony, well, how about the beers of the week then? Hi, 
Tony, you go first. I had some absolute bangers this week. Um, Honourable mention to our <coughs> excuse me friends at Mountain Culture, their Cult IPA. Um, it's a hazy IPA. You know, Mountain Culture do quality stuff. Um, it was delicious. Six point two percent, really drinkable, but nice and juicy at the same time. But I've, this is the second beer out of the series that I've had, uh, and it was also a banger. It's part of the trilogy of fear from Brick Lane. It's the only good beers that Brick Lane do. I stand by that. The, the trilogy of fear is phenomenal, and this was the Asylum Sugar Maple Imperial Stout at 11.1% alcohol. Um, aged in a blend of sugar maple and Ambruna. Um, oh, well, they just go into a whole bunch of shit. I'll give you, I won't give you the, uh, the blurb because that's just a whole bunch of shit that I'll fuck up reading in a poor rhythm. It All is 11.1% right. mm. alcohol. Pickle cut, pickle cut bread <laughs> yeah. and butter. 172 check-ins. What are you scoring that on untapped? 172 check-ins. All right. Do you need me to guess this? Yes, I do. What What was the alcohol again? 11.1%. Oh, man. 4.12. Oh, Jesus, you're good. 4.19. Um, All right. Oh, there so, we go. Yeah, if anybody wants to see the blurb, go on there because there's a word that I cannot pronounce. Phantomagorian <laughs> expressions of ginger and oh, Jesus, just bullshit. Oh, yeah. Stop putting bullshit Perfect. in the can. I would love that. Go to Big Ariel. I get they're doing all that shit. Yeah, I'll well, be there in a month, Tony. What did you have that that rocked your world this week in the world and of that app? non-based lagers? It was that afterthought that I posted. It's called Tradition and Twist Oak Age 5% Farmhouse Ale. Saison Ale brewed with Waiiti and Zuper Sazer hops and aged in an oak barrel. So nice tart, hoppy, barrel-aged farmhouse beer. Uh, pretty much perfect on the dot. little funk to it, a little tartness to it, super refreshing, uh, relatively easy to drink but complex at the same time. Big... Big time, tasty. Had to love that one. That sounds delicious. A plus. What did you score? Only thirty-seven check-ins on that. One. I gave it a fiver. That's a fiver for me. So thirty-seven check-ins. How how many ABV? Uh, five on the dot. I'm going to score that a four point two. I reckon. What did you? You're a little off, Tony. It's four. It's four. No, I didn't tell you yet. No, it's it's a four. Four point zero. Zero. Sorry, Tony. Not quite. Oh well, I gave it a good shot anyway. So yeah, it was it was not bad. I think it's time. Why don't we uh, Why don't we hop in hop into some of that hyper beer nerd dork shit? That's here, what so. I was about to say. Let's do it. Hyper beer nerd dork shit news. All right, Tony. This is a challenge every year for people. So we, speaking of us not watching football. 
what if I had to go to a football game? That'd be crazy. And how much would a beer cost? That'd be wild. So this is the price at every NFL of a beer at every NFL stadium. Uh, the NFL average for a 16 ounce beer, Tony, is nine dollar and fifty six cents. So let's run it down, Tony. Have you opened this yet? I have. I'm afraid. Okay, that's fine. So the cheapest beers belong to the New York Jets, the Atlanta Falcons, Detroit. and the Detroit Lions. Yep. At an aff- nicely affordable six dollars and a quarter. Yeah. Honestly, fine. Absolutely. And at the top, go your Philadelphia Eagles at fourteen dollars and sixty-seven cents for the Eagles. I think that's reasonable. You don't want Philadelphia Eagles fans drinking, so I think um, I think that's fair. They're bad enough sober. Same price. Same price for the Chargers and Rams makes sense. What do to them being in the same stadium at thirteen dollars and seventy-five cents? And kind of a big gap there between number four, which is the Raiders of Las Vegas at 12 bucks. Hey, maybe one of the cheaper beers on the strip if you're paying. Um, and then from there, uh, what's interesting, the Bears are pretty much smack dab in the middle, $8.80. Yeah. The, um, the one that interests me, though, was the New York Giants because we've got the Jets right down at the bottom. Now, they share a stadium. With the Giants. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Why is the buyer of the Giants beers $4.75 more than the yeah. than the Jets? <laughs> that's what I can't work out. Any sense. Uh, Packers. The Packers are more expensive than the Bears. That's crazy. Um, not, not, I'm kind of surprised by that. And then um, after that, I guess I don't care. Nobody really interesting. Uh, Minnesota eight bucks. Arizona eight dollars thirteen cents. Probably cheaper than water. Um, it, it does. Buffalo stand, for all that throwing each other through the table eight dollars eighty cents. It's not bad. It, it shows to me that some of the higher priced beers are the tourist towns. Your Las Vegas's, your San Francisco's, and your New Orleans. Los and look. LA as well. They're the places where people are going to say, we'll circle that on the schedule, we'll come into town, we'll go to a game and we'll have drinks. The other places where people don't do that, I don't think people are going to Detroit for for a holiday. Um, Detroit, Cincinnati. Yeah. Denver is cheap, 750 I mean, Denver's a big beer city, you yeah. know. Don't think anybody's going to Indianapolis. Um the Texans, I don't think anybody's no, going to I Houston wouldn't. for the Riverwalk. Um, Cleveland, mm, pass. That, that's insane. I think that's in San Antonio, but yeah. Oh, there you go. Um, nobody's going to Arizona except for pizza. Um, but I think the stadium's in Glendale, so big pass there. Yeah, I think Close enough. I think you either need to be like a, a, a town with shitty fans, i.e. Philadelphia, or a tourist town to justify the high prices. The... Interesting ones for me are the two Florida stadiums um, with with high prices. Um, Miami, Miami, oh, well, and Jacksonville. Not, yeah, yep. Yeah, that is surprising that Jacksonville. So, who, who goes to Jacksonville? Jacksonville's in Florida. What are you talking? Oh, about? There you go. I had it right first time. I apologize. There's such yeah. a forgettable. Jacksonville, and Miami. Jacksonville's fifty cents more than Miami for some reason. So. 
Whatever. I've been past that Miami stadium a few times. Never been in there though. Um, they're in uh, the hard rock stadium, but yeah, there you go. That's your prices this year, guys. So, so tell me if you go to an NFL game, tell me what the cheapest beer you find is. Uh, I, I probably will not be going to any NFL games. I don't know if we have any listeners that go, I don't know if Max ever finds himself at the Eagles or, um, a Jets game. I, I, I don't know if he lives, which one he lives closer to, frankly. So, uh, maybe, maybe somebody like that. Maybe Corey will find himself at a St. Louis Rams game. Perhaps he will, but I kind doubt of any of our listeners will find their way to Qatar, um, to try the non-alcoholic beer that is going to be available. Yeah, so this is interesting, huh? Yeah. So Qatar is what a Muslim country, uh, much like many of the other Muslim countries with a big tourism bent, they have kind of these safe zones where you can drink beer, like in the hotels and stuff and and cocktails and whatever. Uh, So this says organizers of the World Cup in Qatar have finalized a policy to serve beer with alcohol to fans at stadiums and fan zones in the Muslim-majority country. So FIFA said Saturday fans will be allowed to buy Budweiser beer with alcohol within the stadium compounds, though not at concourse concession stands, uh, before and after games, and during evenings only. Uh, So that's where you can do it. So you can go get a beer before or after the game and at the fan festival thing in the Doha, downtown Doha. Park. So, game tickets, uh, promising access to champagne, wine, liquor, and beer for hospitality clients at Cuttery Stadiums have been on sale since Feb 2021 as part of corporate packages offering premium beverages. So, those will still exist. Um, And then, yeah, this is getting announced pretty close to the cutting date, about 11 weeks till the World Cup starts, I think, or so. Um, FIFA said Saturday. Budweiser with alcohol will be sold within the stadium perimeter prior to kickoff and after the final whistle. So you can get beer before the game in the stadium and after the game. And then uh, inside the stadium bowl, ticket holders will have access to non-alcoholic Bud Pro. Yes. Um, Delicious. So alcohol is more available in Qatar than some states, although it is only served in hotel, restaurants, and bars that have licenses. It is illegal to consume it elsewhere. So. You know, beyond the kind of obvious um, challenges of uh, or, or problems with hosting this World Cup in this place at this time of year and everything else that doesn't really make too much sense about doing it. Um, to me, this- I suppose there's also this, this problem, right? So there's a sort of just keeps compounding itself, right? Yeah. It, it's funny that in this story, Bud turned out to be like one of the good guys because they you're in our a, friends at Budweiser. Yeah, Thank friend, you. friends friends at Budweiser don't um, don't um, create the problems that the Qatari government create or that of FIFA. So yeah, Budweiser, the good guys in this story. <laughs> it's yeah. interesting that we see this from Middle East countries where. They're strident with their religion until it comes to corporate dollars, and it, it to me says that human nature is the same everywhere. It's it's no different to what happens in America or Australia. The dollar talks, and it's fine to have your principles 
up until money talks and, and then it goes by the wayside. Um, I mean, it's been the case the whole time, right? Yeah. I mean, they have slaves and junk building the stadiums. Of course they do. Uh, yeah. Everything's gone up in a flash. They built a whole city pretty much for the purpose of this and probably destroyed na- natural resources and historic landmarks and everything in the process. Um, it's been a total uh, public relations nightmare since the beginning. Yep. And the games are going to go off in the middle of the club season, uh, which is fucked. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, initially, until a few years ago, it was still planned to have this in the summer. Like, a cu- until a couple of years ago, that was the case. Oh, and there sick. was, like, stadium plans. There was stadium plans for, like, portable air conditioning and shit what? for the stadiums. <laughs> Yeah, so and dumb. it was like, well, this doesn't this in, this invention doesn't exist yet, but we're gonna make it by then. And it turns out that did not happen, weirdly enough. So, uh, uh, you know, they it just like all these things, Tony. I tend to agree with you with what they did with Melbourne Cricket Ground. Just host these things in the same fucking place. Like, just have a place where the World Cup is. Every four years, the World Cup is in. Whatever, you know, uh, the uh, uh, Switzerland, you know, somewhere where it's, it can work in the summer. Uh, yeah. every, every four years, the Olympics are in uh, Los Angeles because there's a million stadiums there. You know, just, just, just plant it somewhere, you know, because otherwise you have to, like, try to be even with it and pass it around. And there's some places that just, it's too hot there. You can't have it there. Yeah. It's supposed to be in the summer. You can't have the World Cup in Las Vegas in the summer. No, you kill I, somebody. I, I just think the um, bid processes need to be shored up and they really need to be looked into and we actually pick the best places. I don't have a problem with them moving around because I see, still see value. Okay, it was one of the Unicorn Olympics, the infrastructure that the Sydney com, uh, Olympic Games actually generated for that town. They've still got a stadium that they use. They've still got facilities that are still used to this day i know that's a rare thing for olympics but if we actually look into proper bids we can actually build up the world correctly and the rising tide will then lift all boats but in in the case of the olympics and fifa it goes to the highest bid and it it has for a long time and that's when you get shit show olympics like the um china olympics or um even yeah. even the Greek Olympics, Brazil's, where Brazil, Brazil World, perfect example, Brazil World Cup. yeah. But in doing that, um, it it's it's nice to use these as tourist things as well. They are problematic. They are a million miles away from perfect, but it's also nice to see different places. Is it nice to just see um, Qatar and the Emirates? and Bahrain at the moment because they're the ones pushing all the cash into all these events? No, because we're not seeing any diversity. But when you get to see a a bit of Brazil, a bit of China, a bit of LA, a bit of Atlanta, um, I I think that works. I think it kind of works like the Super Bowl if it was... It is crazy they had an Olympics in Atlanta. It's hot there in the summer. (laughs) It is, but it it worked other than all the Coke sponsorship and the bribery that went along with that. Well, and the that what that crazy fellow at Richard yep. Jewell. Yeah. Um, all right, Tony. One more story, and then we're going to get into the the 
longest I've ever worked at a game that potentially does not make any sense. Uh, but it spawned out of this. So, Tony, Allagash has a new year-round beer coming out next year. And wouldn't you believe it? India Pale Ale. Uh, wouldn't That's crazy to me. So, in 2023, uh, Allagash is going to be releasing uh, an IPA. Uh, it's a... Uh, let me see if I can get this. So... It's hyper. It's probably hyperbolic when you consider the proportion of IPAs versus ho- other beers Allagash sells on its pilot system. Allagash often does release hoppy beers, but many are taproom releases. Their hop hop reach IPA is the new IPA coming into regular rotation. So they brewed seventeen test batches of pilot of IPA before they landed on this one. Uh, uh, so they landed on a blend of older hops like Nugget and Cascade, along with proprietary ones like Citra and Mosaic, Cashmere and El Dorado in there too. And the name of the beer is Hop Reach IPA. Um, so looks like it's a clear IPA with a nice kind of melange, as it were, of pretty tropical tasting hops with a little pine bitterness. Uh, honestly, I'm sure it'll be good, right? That's I what I was going to have say. Any reason to believe it won't be good? Yeah, like this looks really good for a rotational, like not a a beer going into the rotation of a a quality brewer like Allagash. This looks like the perfect beer that's not going to age poorly, can be in the system for five years, and will not taste out of date. Um, so the review here says. Uh, Good is good, and this is an exceptional IPA. Even readers burnt out on the style. You'll notice the restraint here from the slightest touch of haze in the glass to the aromas of mango and orange zest wafting from it. By now, you know what IPAs taste like, but the important things to note here are the light mouthfeel and balance of fruity and bitter flavors, which leaves you you wanting another sip. There's a level of execution here that's rare in craft beer these days, and it's appreciated. So, man, isn't that crazy, huh? Uh, Allagash IPA. Well, something else. Maybe off. Maybe off color is going to be next, huh? Allagash are known for their their white. That would be their number one selling beer, wouldn't it? If you were to say, what would? I think it's one of the best selling beers in the country. Yeah. Yeah, and and this to me yeah. seems like a logical extension um, in sort of branching into the IPA world. It it's it's not doing anything as far as like becoming a white IPA or anything crazy like that. But the no. restraint that they're showing. That, is... I think that would have been worse. I, oh, I think them not, I think if they were going to release an IPA, they had to go with something kind of true to style yes. for American IPA. And I think they did that. Um, I think that was smart because they tend to be pretty stylistically on point. So I think it would have been it would have been a little crazy for them to go off the reservation entirely. You know they do some creative stuff. I always think Curio is one of the great beers of the world. Uh, the the barrel age the bourbon barrel age triple. You know that's unique, but it, at its core, it is still kind of done right. right. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah. But man, I gotta say, Tony, this this made me a little crazy. I I felt like I was I hear an Allagash IPA and it feels like. Oh, you know, something crazy happened. There is a, you know, <laughs> aliens landed or Sasquatch attacked or something. And it got me thinking about a little, uh, a little idea for a game. Uh, and I, I remembered, I don't know if you guys had this there. Uh, do you, are you familiar with a publication of the news called the weekly world news? 
I am, but not because it was ever available in Australia, just because of the uh, scandal that mm. went around with the Rupert Murdoch enterprise. And yeah, he did Weekly World News, like the like the thing with Alien Boy and shit like I'm that. I'm sure he he owned that for a brief time, or his editor came from maybe. there. Or, but all I, I think that might have been like National Enquirer or something. Okay, but, yeah. all I know is it's a it's a not a sister publication, but it is. In the vein of a National Enquirer, um, John Prine wrote um, songs about it. Um, he's got a very famous song that I think he um, was w- reading um, the paper that you mentioned and it had mentioned sure. an alien baby in it. So I'm familiar with it tangentially. I'm, I am I will have to check whether Rupert Murdoch right. ever owned it. Well, in, in light of this, these crazy beers coming out of, of pairings, we never would have expected, hey, it's like Bill Clinton dating the Bat Boy or something like that. Um, I, I came up with a little game, and this is uh, Two Brews and a Lie, the Weekly World News Edition. Beer. 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 That was a lie. Yeah! He owned right, News Tony. of the World, sorry. I apologize. He owned news. Uh, this, is, yeah, this, this is even crazier. So here in the USA, Tony, we love the weekly world news. It's a veritable mainstay by the checkout counter of our local Albertsons or Publix or Jewel or Fred Meyer or Schnucks even. Uh, but it's the only news source that's still willing to put out the horrifying truth in this sanitized world. Is Batboy back? And is he telling Hillary about all of Bill's secrets? Yes, he is. Uh, really? Is Elvis? Has, has anyone seen him around lately? See, I, I mean, I thought, haven't seen him. I but thought, I know that Billy. Why are you interrupting my story? What? Oh, sorry. I, I just don't. What think, do you want? No. What is it? No. You don't think he told Hillary all of Bill's secrets? No. He's it's on, in the news. He is Bill's right hand man. Oh, bad boy. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, maybe he turned on him uh, after he got off the flight logs. That's all I wanted to you say. Know, you don't know. Continue. All right. <laughs> Has anyone seen Elvis lately? Have you seen Elvis lately, Tony? No, I have. Well, I do have a friend that I call Elvis, and yes, I have seen him right, lately. Well, He's very overweight. Yeah, I saw him on a. He is. Yeah. Well, I you know I saw him on TV, but I haven't seen him live. But I do know from the Weekly World News that Billy Carter saw him at where else but the moon location of Graceland, being photographed by the abominable Beach Man. And the, that's good to know, right? The abominable Beach Man. That's a new one. The snowman, yeah, there's a lot yeah. of stuff. There was a bunch of stuff in there today about the beach Sasquatch or something. <laughs> not know what that is. But, yeah, these stories are hard to believe, but, of course, they're all true. Um, now, sadly, Tony, for you, I am more dastardly than the Weekly World News. And unlike these hard-hitting, truth-seeking journalists, I have a penchant for making shit up. So in today's edition of Two Brews and a Lie, I'll be listing off three of the most fantastical beer releases you could ever imagine. Wait a minute. An English barley wine from Afterthought, a tasty little wild ale from Oscar Blues. It could be true, but you're going to have to figure it out by figuring out which one of these fucking bat boy, bat shit, crazy beers that I made up. So, Tony, I got three stories essentially here that are tied with a special beer, and one of these beers I happened to make up, sadly for you. So So why don't we go through it? Okay, of course, two brews and a lie. This is this two is going to be tough. And a lie. This is going to be. This really is going to be tough. fun. So here you go, round one. 
First one for you. Oh my God. Sasquatch has attacked the funky Carolina brewers of Cavas and wild Saison at Fanta Flora were attacked by Bigfoot himself on Monday. The eight foot tall, 450 pound man beast tried out for his favorite beverage, but he was told by the local Morganton brewers that he was sadly about 50 miles away from his namesake drink. That's a joke, Tony, because they make Bigfoot at Sierra Nevada. Get it? And it's oh, right dude. down the road. Uh, Bigfoot was none too pleased and he forced these backwoods hippies to brew up his famous meal of barrel-aged barley wine aged on vanilla. So this is a vanilla barley wine. Was that something that was made by the famous Wild Ale Brewers Fanta Flora? So there's your first one. Okay, I like the blurb. Um, so <laughs> that, that means it could be you, but um, we'll see. We'll see. Next one. The NASA secrets released moon is made of cheese. Uh, Wisconsinites are panicking as the state's economy is about to collapse. Fortunately, the local brewery in this small Swiss colony found a reason to celebrate and even bring some of the home state's delicious dairy into the process. That's right. Dan Carey of New Glarus eschewed his traditional lagers and lambic styles to cook up this bourbon barrel-aged milk stout in honor of this uh, epic space fail. So this is a sweet pastry stout from the gang over at New Glarus. See, that's looking real too. Maybe it's the third one. Otherwise, you're doing a good job on the game. I like, I like both <coughs> these beers so far. These are some bits. All right. These Next one. Not, Nazi criminals harbored in small Indiana town. Uh, people were surprised that the nearly 100-year-old devils have been able to stay concealed in the tiny town of Anderson. Their terror knows no bounds and is even extended to the fruit industry. Raspberry farmers throughout the country were disappointed to hear that the small Indiana slushy brewery needs a few less shipments this year, as its biggest customers at the 450 taproom these days want nothing but the smooth black lager from their home nation. Uh, a 450 North Schwarzbier. It has to be the last one, surely, because we all know the, the shithead story behind that one. I'm going to say that that's the fake one. If they are putting that beer out, they are shitheads. Tony, you are remarkably correct. The uh, <laughs> 450 Schwartz beer is something I made up. 450 has never made a Czech dark lager, as it were, or a German dark lager, I guess. Um, now, can I say, I think... Fanta Flora did, did make a vanilla barley wine, and I am getting it delivered to my house, and I can't wait to drink it. And New Glarus did make a vanilla uh, bourbon barrel-aged sweet stout uh, that was actually quite tasty. I think the only problem with this was the story, because I think your writing was actually on point. I think it was great. But just the shithead story gave it away. And um, <laughs> even the styles were on point. So this it was this too, be a real It was challenge. too real. It was, that was too real. All right, next round. You're one for one. There's three of these um, total. So here you go. Round two, Cookie Monster terrorizes Big Bird. Bird watchers off the coast of Maine were horrified by the sight of the real-life Cookie Monster. Standing about nine feet tall, covered in hair and totally nude, the monster could be yell, heard yelling, Cookies! at the top of its lungs until the frightened onlookers said they might be willing to cook up a nice stout for him at the local brewery in Freeport with a handful of snickerdoodles. So they went over to Maine Beer Company, and made him a cookie stout. This is a snickerdoodle stout from Maine Beer, okay. the famous hop, hoppy brewer make, makers. 
Interesting. Next up. Yep. Alien beach landing in San Diego. Microorganisms run wild on beach. Beach goers and revelers from Encinitas to Escondido noticed an unusually estery smell in the air. Weekly World News has learned that this is attributed to the unusual microorganisms left behind the other, by the otherworldly beings that landed on the Carlsbad public beaches Saturday night. The outer spacemen could be best described as having gingered facial hair, a clawed hand, and an unusual gait. Local brewers in Escondido have found that the unusual organisms have created a beer that is quite unusual, especially for those over at Stone. So this is Stone's Saison. A stone beer Saison. Okay. Uh, there are just a couple of hints in that clue that, that say, ooh, alarm bells, but I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm thoroughly confused. You didn't like, you didn't like that I described the alien as you? That's yes. kind of funny, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one of this round. So your first two were the main beer Snickerdoodle Stout and the Stone uh, Farmhouse Ale or Saison. And Next I can imagine both these. of those breweries actually doing those even though they're not in their wheelhouses. That's my problem. For sure. Last one, Zombie Epstein horrifies Chicago <laughs> businessmen. <laughs> they got a little wackier as I kept going here. Uh, Chicago day traders were caught off guard Wednesday when the decaying corpse of disgraced financier and pedophile Jeffrey Epstein was seen walking into the Chicago Board of Trade. The zombie Epstein, dressed in his Bear Stearns best, was said to give off an unusual funk, but reeked of Cabernet and Shiraz. Upon leaving, the zombie Epstein crept into a 1987 Cadillac Eldorado and drove back toward O'Hare Airport, where he was seen wandering through the tarmac looking for the Lolita Express. Budding homebrewer and airport member Mike Palin noticed the unusual order and thought about his next creation, Microphone's Wine Barrel Farmhouse Ale. Oh, I love it. So the, fruit, the, the big fruit fruit beer and um, uh, stout maker and IPA guys over at Microphone cooking up a nice, funky wine barrel farmhouse beer. If you come up, came up with this, bravo to you, tip of the cap to you. That is genius, but I don't think that's the fake one. I don't think the second one is the fake one because um, I can say... I made, up all of the, I made up all of the stories. These are not oh. real worth <laughs> weekly world news stories. I wrote the whole thing. I, but I thought these would be descriptions from the brewers. Okay, I get you now. <laughs> so I'm not sure how I meant to decipher what's real and what's not. But I'm no, you just have to figure out which beer is fake. Is 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 there? Did did Maine make a cookie stout? Did Stone make a saison? Or would Microphone make a wine barrel farmhouse beer? That's all. Microphone I'm giving you. would make a wine barrel, um, and okay. I can imagine Stone. So based off the blurb as well as the style. It's the first beer to me that doesn't sound like it's real. You're right. You're, you hit it two for two, Tony. You nailed Look at it. Me. You you just you had the right instinct. Main beer's aesthetic would never let them make a cookie stout. I don't think they tend to just pretty much make fucking pale ale almost <laughs> exclusively. That's an old uh, school Stone brewery. did make a saison. Stone did make a saison for a time. Uh, um. I don't, I don't remember drinking it. I'm sure it was fine. I'm sure it was quite good, in fact. Um, and Microphone's Wine Barrel Saison was a beer called um, uh, Dynamite with a Laser Beam, and it was fucking awesome, actually. <laughs> uh, it was so funky. It had this, like, 
almost blue cheese flavor to it that was very intense, but it was extremely good, which is why I started using zombies and dead people and crap in it. Um, all right, last one. Really starts to go off the deep end on this one. I started going totally insane. Uh, this one, Giant Fieri destroys Sonoma <laughs> County. An 80-foot-tall an eighty foot tall Guy Fieri was seen by breakfast goers uh, stomping through the Sonoma Valley on Tuesday. The Santa Rosans were, were enjoying their morning coffee when the self-proclaimed mayor of Flavortown took to the streets, destroying nearly everything in his path. Eventually, he found his way to the famous Santa Rosa Brewery uh, for a taste of a delicious hubcap in Flavortown and had an unusual coffee pick-me-up from these masters of hops. This is Russian River's Coffee Imperial Stout. Oh, you never know what Vinny's doing, but love the description. Yeah. um, yeah. Next up, that's your first one. Russian River makes a big 10% coffee stout. Next up. I can see that. Ichabod Crane's Night on the Town. That's right, the old pumpkin head himself, made famous in Washington Irving's Legend of Sleepy Hollow, was seen gallivanting about Paso Robles. According to reports from the local partiers, Ichabod was seen speaking forcefully with local brewer Matt Brindleton before taking a few very lucky ladies home for a jacko of his lantern. <laughs> Tony, this was uh, Firestone Walker making a pumpkin beer was the joke I was trying to get at. Yeah, I got Firestone that. Walker, <laughs> pumpkin beer. Yeah, right. Okay, good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't see Brindleson being a big adjunct guy. That's that's suspicious. Love the story, though. Checking off our pumpkins. <laughs> All right, last one. Uh, ghosts of millions of dead hogs storm Chicago Beach. Reports from lighthouse workers along Lake Michigan stated to Weekly World News that millions of ghost pigs snorted, waddled, and moseyed up Oak Street Beach and along Navy Pier on Sunday night. Chicago, made famous as the hog butcher of the world by poet Carl Sandburg, has finally seen its chickens come home to roost. Uh, the farmhouse stink could be smelled throughout the city early Monday morning, which may have been some inspiration to local haze can purveyors across town. So this one would be a oak barrel saison from Hop Butcher, your favorite lactose IPA makers. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm going to go with Brindleson. A Russian River coffee. Yeah. You got Firestone pumpkin. You got oak barrel saison from Hop Butcher. The it's between the um, oak butcher, um, the um, hop butcher. And Firestone Walker. I can see Russian River doing that beer. Yeah, it's not in their wheelhouse, but, yeah, they, they occasionally go off the reservation. Yeah. But I'm going... And I can see Hot Butcher just doing weird stuff to do weird stuff. So I'm going to say that Firestone mm-hmm. Walker is not putting out that beer. He's not adjunct adjuncting that thing. Um, no pumpkin. Um no, no Jacko of this lantern no for Jacko you, Tony? No Jacko of this lantern. Um, so <laughs> Firestone Walker is the sham beer. All right. All right, Tony. Uh, you uh, did not go three for three, sadly. Oh. So quite close. Uh, I can see why you would think that. That seems crazy. Yeah. That uh, Firestone would make a pumpkin beer. Um, 
but they did make one, and they maybe do. No, they don't make it anymore. They made El Gordo, a 5.8% pumpkin beer, wild roasted pumpkin ale with walnuts and bay leaf. El Gordo is what happens when the local pumpkin patch calls the barrel works on the day after Halloween. Actually, my story all of a sudden not seeming too crazy. Um, Not only did we take the leftover pumpkins last year, but we roasted them with bay leaf and walnuts in a wood-burning oven fueled by brandy staves and local white oak. Then we tossed 500 pounds of them into an oak-age base beer blend for fermentation. Lasting almost a year, the resulting beer is subtly at firm. I mean, this sounds delicious, Tony. Yeah. It, it really does. And going more the Australian way of doing, doing pumpkin, it sounds more savoury than sweet with the bay leaf and the walnut. Yeah, the bay leaf, I think, is really smart. Yeah, that yep. sounds good. Um, Tony Hot Butcher hasn't done an oak barrel saison, unfortunately. They uh, should. Russian River did do a coffee stout. They did one that seemed vaguely um, Vietnamese coffee inspired. Oh, that shit. Uh, that sounded pretty good. So, yep. Tony, you went two for three good enough. Uh, it was a lot of content. I enjoyed I enjoyed writing the content. Um, it was fun to write something for once. So that was that was great. I clearly I was bored. At, clearly I was bored at work today. Clearly you, you were, but you also ran late for this show because you were spending so much time in the game. They were phenomenal descriptions. I will say, sometimes you start the idea for a game. And the first game is bang on point. The descriptions are long and wild and crazy. And then you get to the <laughs> third game and they're three syllables. I'm, I'm tired. Yeah. And I'm very tired. But yeah. And that, I'm sick of writing. I want to stand up and applaud you, but I'm not going to because then my <laughs> voice would be off microphone. But no, you're fine. it Thank you. was an outstanding game. I enjoyed it. I just want to say the effort was well worth it. And if you agree with me, send Griff a tip on ko-fi.com forward slash beer Hey, we're podcast. trying to make content. We're here trying again. We've, we're at 120 episodes or something, and we finally decided to try for at least a, a quarter of one yeah. episode. And if you want to see us not try, well, no, actually, if you want to see us try beers. Come back next week. No, oh, if you want okay. to see us try beers, you can do that on Untapped. You're Griff AD on Untapped. I'm St. Moz on Untapped. And you can shoot us an email if you want to get a part of our Discord. You can do that at beerengineshow at gmail.com or give us a tip again, ko-fi.com forward slash beerenginepodcast. Or you can send us a message on Instagram. We are at beerenginepodcast, not beerenginepodcast. We are at beerenginepod on Instagram. That is at beerenginepod. You got it. Fun show today. Well done. That was a great one. Uh, we will be back again next week. I'll have a trip to Seattle under my belt and about three, four pounds of Chicago beer and maybe another 25 of fresh hop beer from Seattle. So should be quite. I should be quite exhausted by the time we get on here next week. Get ready for a nice, easy untrapped next week. Love it, gang. And be sleepy. <laughs> You'll be sleepy. All right. Excellent. We'll see, we'll see you next week. See ya.